This is the Home Pro Success Podcast, bringing you interviews with today's home improvement leaders and trades business game changers. Tune in to get actionable insights to grow your own business. Here's your host, Corey Phillip. Hey, hey, hey. Today we've got one third of the Reynolds Brothers exteriors from Ontario, Canada, Sean Reynolds on the show here. His company is an exterior contracting company in Ontario, Canada, as I said, but they've grown that from an eaves troughs only company. And for those of us not familiar with the Canadian verbiage, eaves troughs are gutters. They've grown it from that into a full-fledged exterior contracting company. He shares some great insight, including their foolproof formula for spotting potential employees that are the best fit. He's got an epic analogy for customer experience that any of us in the service business can relate to. And he explains how to upsell without sounding like you're upselling. Lots of good stuff in this episode. Tune in now. Sean Reynolds, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Corey. So Sean, you own an exterior contracting business in Ontario, Canada. You guys used to at least specialize in stick to eaves troughs, which for the American audience, that is gutters. But you've grown that, you've obviously expanded into some different trades, you're having a lot of success in there, in this business. Why don't you tell us more about the company right now, your company, Reynolds Brothers? Give us an idea where you guys are, how large a company you are, and what you do. So we're three brothers, uh, Sean, Neil, and Ryan. My brother and I started this, I guess, about 10 years ago. We started off just doing e troughs and gutters. It was only ourselves and a couple of installers. And over the past 10 years, we've grown, obviously, in the amount of people, the amount of work we've done, probably pushing, you know, 15 crew office of probably about 10 or 12, about 40 some people. And in that time, we've gone from just gutters to doing soffit, fascia, siding, windows, doors, and the gutter guard. So the products have grown and the quality of work has grown and we've grown as a company probably 20 some percent a year. That's pretty good growth, pretty good growth. You've gotten to a sizable, you know, a sizable operation now at 40 people. Just who was it? What, you said there were three brothers, you and your two brothers. Which one of you guys actually took the first step and said, I'm doing this? Or was it a unanimous decision? No, my youngest brother, Ryan, had a friend in Ottawa who had a gutter company and uh, had seen what they were doing. He had wanted to collaborate with us. We ended up deciding just to, to go on our own because we wanted to build a name for ourselves. And so Ryan brought this to the table. I thought it was a pretty crazy idea. I owned another company at the time and didn't know if I wanted to take on something new. And he made us really realize why it was a great idea, why we could be the guys to turn into something special and and really a successful company. And so I commend Ryan, uh, my brother Ryan, for this. I was sort of the last person to come on board. But obviously, looking back, uh, you know, it was a really great decision for ourselves and for our family. So what did the company look like, you know, on day one, obviously, it was just the three of you, essentially, at that point, maybe that maybe that was week one. But after week one to where or what, what did it look like on week one? We know what it looks like now. You guys were just sticking to eaves, troughs and gutters at that, if I understood you correctly, at that time? Troughs, downpipes and the gutter garden. So it really was a learning process with our friend Dan, who, who was doing things out in Ottawa, which is uh, Canada's capital, pretty far from here. But We went to a home show, got a a lay of the land. And then for us, really just trying to find some competent installers, which I'll be honest, has been the biggest challenge for us as a company. I mean, from day one, finding guys that you could depend on to come in on time on all the days that they were scheduled to actually do the work that they're going to do and not just sort of half-ass it. And because our name is on the company, right? So it's not just KWR, you know, 
eaves troughs or in gutters. It's our name and our dad said to us, you know, you can use our name all, all you want. Just make sure you don't soil a name. Make sure it's as great of people as we, you know, have tried to be. So finding those installers was a challenge. Finding people that actually wanted to work with us that actually believed in us from having no customers. I remember just cold calling, knocking on people's doors, just trying to, Hey, listen, I could see you need your gutters done. And that was challenging. And you sort of had to get past a lot of no's. And then it was really incremental. It really, you got that one job and then one person said, you know what I heard from you from Chris, Chris down the road over on, you know, whatever street told me about you. And then, Oh, we got a referral. And then that kind of grew And the referral business was huge for us. But that beginning part, there were a couple of times where we just, you know, there's that little voice in the back of your head where, you know, maybe you don't have the confidence because you haven't had the successes yet where you, you have to go, you know what, you know, your bookkeeper is telling you how are you going to sustain this? And you have to just have a belief and a real conviction. Yeah. Conviction. And beyond those no's to say, you know what, we're good. We're hardworking. We're going to find a way to make this successful. So for anybody listening and watching that has any misgivings, heck, even myself and I've had some pretty great success in my life. There are even days nowadays where I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? And you have to get beyond that guy on your shoulder. Maybe that makes you feel that you can't do it that day and just, you know, not list them and just, just have a belief and a conviction that you're going to find a way to make this work. So going back to the beginning, you needed to find these people and you expressed, obviously that was a challenge and trades business owners across the whole world are experiencing the same thing. You know, I know a lot of people are in the same boat saying, hey, I want to hire good people. I can't find them. You've obviously built up a sizable workforce now and you've got a great reputation. So you've obviously found and retained some good people. What do you have kind of in your formula that gets you these people? What, you know, what works? If you could go back to day one and start all over and say, knowing what I know now, this is how I would start building my team to avoid the headache and avoid the frustration and avoid those mornings where I'm pulling my hair out because it's Monday morning and I've got, you know, three projects lined up and none of my crews are showing up on time and it's a total effing mess. What would you do? You know, so going back to that day, what would you do to expedite it with the knowledge and insight that you've gained in the last 10 years? So you need a process for hiring. We've turned this into a three-prong process. We start off with I'm the first touch point. I do a phone call with them and really try to suss out the people who I believe on that phone call are the right people to sort of move on to the next step. So you go from a phone call to an in-person meeting with one of the other brothers to a paid trial day with our foreman. So you're going through three different things. And the truth of the matter is you can be great on the phone call with me. You can be great on the meeting with my brother, but on the paid trial day, if you're out there and you're on your phone texting and if you're having smoke breaks and if you're you know, walking under a ladder when we're pulling down materials or walking away from the truck without something in your hand, you always have to be moving something. And that's going to really, uh, instead of us wasting all of our time hiring somebody and making those mistakes, we know within an eight-hour day, the people who are going to actually stand out and be there with us and we can break down the attrition rate significantly. Outside of that... Your installers are the most important person. I can sell and people can call us for jobs, but if we aren't doing great work, our name's going to be mud really quickly. So are you paying fairly? Are you treating your guys fairly? The guys that are great, are you giving them autonomy to help grow within the organization? Our top leads, they're getting a truck paid with insurance and a cell phone. Like, Forget beyond just the pay because pay is important, but 
these guys need time off for holidays and family things. And we don't work our guys till they're sick and burnt out guys that work for us have families. They want to go to soccer practice and all that sort of thing. And there are days we have to ask for more time, but we try to have a real honest work week with our installers. Yeah, there's a lot of good advice and there's something to be said about that. Something about the non-monetary compensation, benefits, work environment, culture for not working your guys to death and giving them things that you don't exactly see a tangible benefit from. I will say personally from my own experience, you know, just starting out, I really lacked in that area. I didn't see it. You know, I was looking strictly at the dollars and cents that we'd spend on labor and the return that we would get on it. And, you know, little things such as, you know, nicer shirts or nicer outfits so they don't scratch or, you know, different colors so that they're cooler, you know, or taking better care of the vehicle or providing higher quality tools those things might not produce a tangible return that you actually see on the income statement. I guess you do see it on the income statement. It's just not tangible. It's intangible. And it sounds like you guys are touching a lot on that and using that to really keep your guys happy and keep them, you know, in place with your company. Yeah, it's so important. And, you know, you can buy the cheap shirts in polyester and the guys are it's going to make them not do their job as well. It's not going to make them feel as prideful in the work that they do. And these guys are really smart guys. They're really hardworking guys. Sometimes maybe not communicating as much, but what do you need from us? What can I do for you to make your job easier? Ask them. Ask them enough times to get an answer. You might not get an answer the first and second time, but don't take a non-response as to not ask again because these guys, they're out there on the front lines and they have the answers for you. Absolutely. They're the face of your company. I've said this before in other podcasts and other recordings. You know, I'm the owner of my company and we're a pretty good sized company. I don't even know a customer at this point. You know, all that stuff is handled below me. So what business do I have trying to say what is best for the customers and the employees? Why not just ask the employees? They're the face of the business. I'm the owner, but nobody really knows who I am at this point. You know, if they poke around on the website, read some content, they might but they don't actually interact with me. You know, the employees out there doing the work, they get the firsthand interaction. That's so crucial that you kind of, well, don't keep them in the feedback loop, but they are your feedback loop and you get feedback from them. Oh yeah. And so we get hundreds and hundreds of reviews through different sites. I'll tell you 40 to 50% of those responses and reviews are people talking about our installers, telling us how polite they were, how they cleaned up, how they went above and beyond. Like just yesterday, we got a review and somebody said, hey, it's a snowstorm up here in Toronto, right? It's terrible weather. And they they had to move this gazebo. They moved it without asking. They put it back. You never even would have known they were there. And the person was really impressed with how hard they worked in such terrible weather and just went above and beyond when you know, who wants to go above and beyond in such terrible weather? And I'm really impressed with our guys. Yeah, no doubt. That's certainly impressive. And I wish I could say that I know my guys would do the same, but I can't say that. That's definitely impressive. I know what it's like working out in cold weather or in Florida, the opposite, you know, 110 degree days here on the summer. It's certainly rough stuff. Let's go back to, you know, your hiring process. What do your job ads look like? What kind of ads are you running and where are you running them at? So we run an Indeed. Yeah, that's a good resource. We use that one too. I put stuff on Facebook, hopefully finding people through my network. I've also done it through trade organizations like the Builders Association. They, they've got job boards that they have up there. We have a finder's fee with the guys who currently work for us. If we find somebody and they stay there for three months, we give them a bonus because if you hire guys that are going to work with your guys, they're going to want guys that are actually good to work with. So. 
they bring in somebody just to get that, you know, that bonus and they're terrible to work with and make their job harder. I even tell clients, they say, you know, here's the thing. I honestly believe you could teach anybody to do this work. There's definitely a skill set to it, but you can't teach attitude. You can't teach, you know, being punctual. You can't teach going your way to pick up the, the stuff that's in the flower bed that's ruining the person's, you know, garden. And that's the kind of thing that I won't know about until I get a complaint and giving people an ownership to what they do. Like, Hey, you make the decision on site. I hired you because I trust you and I don't need you to come to me and tell me, Hey, do you mind if I do this? So those are indeed Facebook. We put some stuff on Google AdWords. Our website actually has an actual place where you can request an estimate as well as an application for a job. Mm -hmm. So indeed, Facebook and then also your website, that's where you're pulling people from. The people that you hire, are you generally going for experienced or are you looking for a clean slate? It, I wouldn't say a clean slate. You know, if you're bringing somebody who's a clean slate, you want to find out what have they done in the industry? So maybe they've been a carpenter, maybe they've been, you know, worked in some of the other industries. So some type of trade experience you're looking for at least. Yeah. If somebody doesn't know how to use a tool belt, a tool belt, use a, you know, measuring tools and, and, you know, just have that common sense. Can't calculate surface area of the walls type of thing. Exactly. But a carpenter nowadays with Maybeck and Hardy board and KWP siding, having somebody you can work with a wood product is really invaluable. And so going from one product to the next, if you have a common knowledge and you have those things like punctuality and pride, you're going to learn that. And if you want to learn that, your pay rate will go up accordingly. Gotcha. That's going to be a great segue. Next topic. What are you doing to compensate these employees? You find them, you hire them, you've got a process for it, albeit a simple process, but it is effective. How are you structuring compensation on your crews? So we're an hourly rate company. There's some guys out there that do piecemeal work where they're getting paid by the foot thing. That doesn't work for us. The challenge with that is if guys are working faster to make more money, it affects quality of work. So how do we be continue being an award-winning company if somebody's going to make an extra 200 bucks by blowing through a job and forgetting stuff or actually knowing it's not there? Based on your work, make yourself invaluable and we will continue to up your, your wage. That's the thing is if you become somebody who's invaluable in a company, you will make the money. We review people's wage within certain segments of the year and you know, getting a truck, getting a trailer, phone, that really helps. All right. So you're consciously doing the reviews and making sure that their compensation is reflective of the quality. And also, you know, by doing that, forget exactly what you called it, but a bonus essentially for bringing somebody else on board, which helps keep the team together. You're getting people that want to work together and people that are motivated to be around each other as opposed to having arguments over who's in charge of the project or which gas station we're stopping at on the way to the job site this morning. You got people working together, making sure you compensate them fairly as you go on and you know doing some type of review process in there. Am I hearing that all right? Yeah. Ego is really important. I, a lot of these guys are guys that have been doing it for a while. Some guys are new guys and you want to make sure you keep ego in check. I know somebody works at a fire hall and they work a 24 hour shift and they said, being a great firefighter is great. You work with people. And if you're terrible to work with, I don't care how good of a firefighter you are. It's not going to help. Absolutely. Yes. You do have to keep ego in check. And that does sometimes, oftentimes get out of hand in trades, but keeping that in check is key. Let's shift gears here. You mentioned reviews. Reviews are crucial. You know, I tell people 
all the time, build your reviews, get more reviews, earn more reviews. How are you getting the reviews? Do you have some type of manual process in place? Are you using uh, one of the many automated programs out there? What does this look like for you? How are you getting so many reviews? So we have a great girl, Katie, in our office who assists me. And whenever somebody's paying for a job, we, you know, finalizing that payment, we ask them how the experience was. And we ask them if they'd be willing to fill out a Homestars or Google My Business or whatever sort of area that we're looking to sort of promote at that point in time. And I tell you, say about nine out of 10 people say yes, whether or not they take the time to do it. That's a different thing. And that's just because people are really busy nowadays, you know? So, Oh, absolutely. You know, you just do a really non-pressure like, hey, if you don't mind, I know you're super busy. It should take less than a minute, but we'd appreciate it. And I always, you know, I want people to rate their experience with our family company. And I feel that them understanding it's a family business and that we grow based on, you know, people's experience with us is important. I think people will get that. But still, if I ask 10 people to do it, geez, I might get one. Yeah. So Katie is office administrative staff. And at the end of the project, she's sending, is she emailing them or texting them? And is she, is she including a link to like your Google or Homestar profile? So typically our final payment is on the phone. We talked and we really want to get a sense of the experience. And so what we'll do is she'll ask them on the phone and then we'll just send a sort of prefabbed template you know, request either with Google My Business or, or Homestars. Homestars is, is the Canadian version of Home Advisor. And so, and then we'll just put the person's name in, maybe try to personalize it a little bit and just ask them to do it. And, you know, a couple of days later, you'll see a little pop-up saying that somebody's filled it out or you won't, but we won't push beyond that. I won't be sending two and three emails. They paid for the job. We ask them if they don't do it. That's, you know, that's like begging for a tip as a waiter, you know, like you put the thing down, you, you know, it's up to them to sort of do the next step. Yeah, some of the, you know, some of the automated review programs can get a bit annoying with their total bombardment with reviews and emails or not email, we're not reviewing them, emails and text messages to get reviews. You do have to kind of be careful, you know, walk a fine line there. My company, we use grade.us. So we upload each week, we upload the recently completed projects in there. And it sends them out a sequence of automated emails in texts. We've done pretty good when we first launched it we just used the default out of the box setup those ones didn't do so well they got you know they got a few reviews it was better than nothing but we'd kind of get some bad feedback on people they were like you know stop asking me right off the bat so then we kind of had to restructure them rewrite the messages and make them sound more human and we also did some things where we set up a specific personalized email message from them I don't know if that makes any sense, but rather than having it come from like office at gulfcoastaluminum.com, we had it come from a person's email address. We did kind of straighten that up. We don't really get any negative feedback on it, but it is something to be conscious of when you're sending those automated review systems. Because I know that sometimes I get into the review systems for companies I've done business with and it's like, damn, could you stop sending me these messages? Well, the thing to remember too is that having experience with any company, forget just our industry, think of it like a movie, a movie could be the best movie in the world. If it has a terrible ending, you're like, what that what what just happened? You love the movie right till the end. The beginning and the end is so important because people really remember those things. And so if they had an amazing experience and then suddenly you were just bombarding them. They're like, what is going on here? And then they would have might maybe told told 10, five people about you. You've lost that because you've soured that relationship. So be really 
care if I totally agree with you. Is there anything you do in the beginning to ensure that they have a you know a positive experience as you know going back to what you said there, beginning and the end, most important phases in your experience of the projects? Anything you do to make sure they get started on the right foot? So myself as the owner, I answer every phone call. I want somebody within our family and one of the brothers to be that first touch point. I try to make sure that we're talking to people within 24 hours. So, you know, up until two weeks ago, we were getting 30 plus phone calls a day. Plus you're getting calls while you're, you know, while you're talking to clients, right? So we're communicating and making sure that timeline, like people nowadays with text messaging and everything being so instantaneous, if they're waiting days and days to get in touch with you, the way I look at it as a homeowner myself, if I'm begging you for your work before you've done the work, how challenging is it going to be after I paid you to get you on the line to for a repair or some issue, warranty issue? So I want people to have peace of mind with us right off the get-go. I over-communicate. I, if I leave a message, I automatically send a template. Hey, I missed you. Again, I write their name in there, but it's an automatic thing. Some people don't check their voicemails, right? So if I miss a phone call, you know, sometimes you get missed calls. I call back every call, even the ones that are missed, just saying, hey, listen, so you called. I don't let a non-voicemail be a reason not to reach back to a client. So over-communication is huge for me. Making sure that you explain the process because some people, they want to make sure they don't get taken advantage of. And for that reason, they sometimes make it seem like they know more than they may know. But I try to explain stuff maybe a little bit more so so that they can understand, well, this is... This is why we should change your, your gutters. Like I get a lot of people call me, my gutters are 30 plus years old, only one piece fell off and I, I only want to get that piece changed. So I don't want them to feel like I'm upselling them. Here's the reasons, walk around your house, look around here and I'm going to show you why you probably have to get the whole thing changed. And I really want to over explain things to people and make them feel that I'm not selling you. I'm telling you why I think we're great. I'm really passionate about that. Go out and get two other estimates and let's compare apples to apples. Compare, like, make sure that you're getting a hand mitered corner, make sure that they're not subcontracting their work, all those things so that they can understand, you know, if our cost is $400 more, well, why is that? Well, you're not going to get a leak in your corner because we do hand mitered corners. Yeah, absolutely. So you're really going in there and taking a consultative approach. I don't know if I said the right consultative approach to selling, you know, making sure the customers understand everything and putting some, putting context behind everything that you suggest. Yeah, definitely. And not being pushy on the phone. Like sometimes people take some three or four calls to get them going. Truth be told, it's such a busy industry right now. Most people are just happy to get you on the phone. They want to get you out for an estimate or a quote. And they're just, they want to see something, right? It's moved to a place now where sometimes we never even meet the client. We have some clients that are snowbirds, meaning they go and live half their year in Florida. So come in, measure my property. We give them an estimate via email. They accept the estimate. They give us a deposit. We go do the job. Their sister, their neighbor approves the job. They e-transfer us some money or give us their credit card. And they've never met us. And they're like, great job, guys. You know, so <laughs> you got to sort of roll whatever approach they need. Like take their, it has to be personalized to the client. Whoa. Hey there, real quick, if you're enjoying this podcast, do me a quick favor and head on over to the rating section of your podcast player. Leave a star rating and drop a comment. It's your feedback that gets me amped up for this podcast. Now let's get back to the show. 
Yeah, so we, we certainly do the same things too by handling everything electronically. And that can work out well for some clients, but there are some clients that need us to come out and show face. You're taking all the phone calls for the business and you know at your size, I can imagine that's a, basically a full-time job for you. You're getting quite a few phone calls. Are, are you going through a qualifying process or when they get you on the phone and want you to come out for an estimate, are you going out there? Tell me more about that. I, you know, ring, ring, ring. Hey, I need to, I think I need to replace some siding on my house. My gutters have a leak. Sean, you're up. What, what are you going to say to me? So what I want to do at that point is, is really finding out the scope of the work. Cause some people want you to come out for a $10 downpipe that's fallen off job. And we had a lot of windstorms this year. So I'll say to them, listen, we're specialists. We're sending two guys, a truck, a trailer, and we have our insurance. This is more of a handyman job. It's going to be quicker. It's going to be cheaper. So that's the first thing I want to do. The second thing is, is really understanding, do they want to be there? They want us to just go in on our own and understanding like some clients are looking for bottom of the barrel price or middle of the road price. So I want to point them in the right direction and do it without insulting them. Like if they have a really small job, don't just say, Hey, listen, this is too small. I'm like, Hey, with all due respect, you know, our, we're booked out eight weeks right now and you'll probably get a better price point. Respect people because you never know who you're talking to. You never know who they're going to talk to. And just, it doesn't hurt to, you know, it's not extra work to be kind to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is something to be said for that. I know a lot of service providers when you get them on the phone, they can be kind of short. And I will say, you know, from the flip side, when you're taking all these phone calls and getting all these inbound phone calls, it can be frustrating when you get these phone calls and your phone is ringing and you want to answer, you know, what could be a better sales opportunity. But do keep that in mind. Kindness does go a long way. You don't know who's on the other end of the phone. Maybe they'll come back to you. At the very least, you want people to be able to say, hey, yes, I called Reynolds Brothers Contracting or Reynolds Brothers Exteriors. And I didn't hire them. They were too busy, but they were pretty good. I'd call them again. And I, I think that's something that's a big takeaway for a lot of people. I've had people call me to do roofing, to do a deck. Like some people just misread things. And I'll get a voicemail and I'll call them back. And they're like, you're the first company that, that even called me back. And I said, we actually don't even do this. If you go to this company and it's like, I don't know, people are waiting around for that phone call. Sometimes it's older clients, right? So that's just something we do. Yeah, it certainly goes a long way. And, you know, we have to deal with that in my office as well. We get a lot of phone calls. I've said this before from our content marketing. I, always, I can go way down a whole road on that. But we get a lot of phone calls from people that are outside of our service area or want services that we do not offer. You know, our website gets over a thousand visitors a day most of whom are not in our service area, but they still call us because we're putting out so much content. So for a while, it was a pretty big struggle and we kind of had to really A, work on managing these people to call in effectively, at least leaving a positive taste in their mouth while quickly declining the work. It was a big challenge for a while. We've reshifted, you know, shifted up a lot of things on the website. If you follow me, you know that, you know, we've started to move our content behind the scenes and kind of deliver that only to targeted people, usually through email or Facebook Messenger, Facebook ads. So a lot going on there. We've had our challenges with that, no doubt. Within AdWords, what we've done is we've really gone our way to really target the areas and putting down the names of, you know, towns and cities that we don't we just can't go that distance, right? So that's really helped us not waste money on AdWords. Yeah, so you're you're narrowing down, you know, your your service area there on AdWords. Certainly effective to do when you're when you're paying per click there. And AdWords, I think, is a great 
marketing method. It's a very good marketing method. We do it. Content marketing, well, that's a whole nother, whole nother podcast topic, but there's some other, some, th- some other things I want to kind of get into. Maybe if at the end of this, we still have a few minutes, but we're burning through time real quick here. I want to hear what you have to say about Homestars, because I know they're a subsidiary of Home Advisor in the United States. And a home advisor kind of comes up as this big evil giant that some people just can't get away from. Let's talk about your experience there with Homestars. And I'm not familiar exactly with them. I have an idea of what they do, but are they essentially home advisor, just Canada version? Or are they different? So home advisor, if I'm not mistaken, has acquired Homestars. So I can speak to the Homestars experience. For me uh, and our company, the great thing about it was when we weren't you know, we were only around a few years. It helped to legitimize us a little bit where they, people start seeing reviews before we really had a name in the industry. So that was really helpful for us. We ended up winning the Homestars Award a number of years in a row. And the good thing about it, I guess, for the user, for the homeowner is that we can't go and change a bad review. If somebody has something bad to say, we can reply to them and say, hey, why did that happen? Or how can we make this right for you? But that can give people peace of mind. We have like probably close to 200 perfect reviews, maybe a couple of nine out of tens, but they get to see who we are. We pay to be on site in which just to have our name and that type of thing. We don't for leads. We don't pay for reviews, but it's been great. We get a lot of Google My Business reviews, but Homestars has been really great for us to grow our business. And I would we be where we are now without them? I'd like to think so, but they're definitely, you know, a weapon in our arsenal for us getting better. Just like AdWords is, just like putting lawn signs are, just like word of mouth is. It's just that one other item. And when we didn't have word of mouth, they were really great to us. And they've been really, they were nurturing to what we needed to do. They're obviously growing as a company as we are. And that sometimes makes it so you're not getting as much of that personal attention, but to us, they've, they've been really integral and we've been pleased with them. Okay. So you're, you're not paying for leads on there. So I guess that means that you're basically paying for exposure to be like a featured contractor. Am I hearing that right? Yeah. They put us on as a featured contractor. And when people are looking for something, we tend to come at the top of the list because we won in our industry for our region. One of the challenges we had with us is we kept not winning the home stars award and we'd have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of reviews and I called them and I said, what's going on? Why is this company out of Toronto? Because we're just, just slightly north of Toronto winning this and we're not. And they said, well, because we don't have one there. And I'm like, you know, this is not going to cost you anything more. You've got a client who is really frustrated. Why isn't there a central Ontario? Northern, you know? And so based on me uh, sort of just being the squeaky wheel, they actually changed the entire model and said, because we were losing to people with like, 25 reviews and we had 200 and some reviews. I just thought that was... Yeah, you're like, what the hell? So we were the first company outside of Toronto to win the Homestars Award and they changed the whole model just based on me calling and making them understand why this is the right thing to do. And so now we continue growing and growing and we have more reviews than I'd say most of the companies in our industry in the fourth biggest city in North America, which is Toronto. Wow, that's pretty good stuff. Roughly, how much does it cost? How much, well, how much are you spending a month? I think that's kind of always a big black hole or black box that people kind of are afraid of. You know, they, they don't really know about these types of things. How much do you spend a month and what kind of return are you seeing on that for, you know, home stars? So I can't answer that question. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I'd say roughly we probably spend maybe $1,500 a year, $2,000 a year. Let's just say. Oh, that's it? Probably. We don't spend a lot of money with them. You know, there are other options for us to increase 
you know, our exposure and get better standings. But the truth of the matter is where we are and we're, we're very lucky to, to be in a standing. We're booked to the gills with work right now. We, we're going into our winter months and we cannot keep, we're booked probably two months out right now where all of our installers and for me, the biggest challenge, I should be putting more ads up for installers. <laughs> our growth, I can't take any more facets to, to help market our business right now until I can find a way to help grow our installers. And we won't just hire willy-nilly. We want to hire guys that are really top-notch guys who are going to grow mm-hmm. the company pride and workmanship. So I won't just hire guys who are going to sort of do a half-assed job. It's just not the way we do it. So, you know sort of have to put the cart, the horse before the cart, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 1500 to 2000 a month. They were on home stars. No, 1500 to 2000 a year, I think a year. I'm sorry. A year. I'm sorry. Confused there. 1500 to 2000 a year on home stars. I was in my head before you even answered that. And I had no idea what you're going to say. I was hearing 1500 to 2000 a month, 1500 to 2000 a year is seemingly pretty damn good. And I know you guys got a ton of reviews on there. Uh, I looked before the show. I think the count was around 200 plus or minus. That seems like you're doing pretty good on there. Is there anything that you notice? Well, where does all your, where does most of your business come from at this point? I would say word of mouth. It's like, Maybe that number of home stores, maybe it's closer to 3,000. So for argument's sake, you know, it's... Just call 3,000, yeah. But it's still a very palpable number. For us, word of mouth, you know, you hit that tipping point where every second person calling you has heard from Chris or Jim or Jennifer down the road and they heard about us because most people listening to this podcast are homeowners themselves and you bring somebody in here, are they going to show up? Are they going to show up after the work's been done after you've given them the deposit? I've got a neighbor who had a deposit to deepen his his basement, and the guy came over with a bobcat, started the work, he got deposit, and he just took off. And this person has had challenges along the way with the people they've hired. And if people can have a confidence that you're not going to go anywhere, our name is on the company. Where are we going to go? It's my name, you know, Sean, Neil, and Ryan. So that right there gives them a confidence. If you know, a couple of their friends are like, I worked with these guys. They were amazing from, you know, from the beginning to the end. That's all people really need to hear. And if they hear that, they continue to talk about people the next time somebody is looking for some sort of exterior work, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's a lot, you know, to be said for word of mouth. You know, I think that's something that everybody needs to focus on keeping is that good word of mouth brand. I will say that my company, Gulf Coast Aluminum, while we do get most or not most over 50% of our business, I should say, so that's most comes from some sort of advertisements. Word of mouth is something that's we always consciously work on improving. So, you know, going back to the home stars, I'm really fascinated by this because so many people really throw these things under the bus. Tell me more about the Homestars process, particularly, do they call your phone number directly or do they do like a little thing on Homestars and that gets sent to your email? How does that work? So we have an app, so I'll get something on there saying we've got a review on there or that there's a lead. So the Homestar, this is the Homestar app that you download onto your phone. Yeah. So sometimes when it comes on there, it'll be a lead saying, listen, we've sent this to the top three people. You're one of the top three people and we have to reach out to them within a certain time frame because they may just go with the next contractor who reaches out to them. What's the time frame? Is that is that time frame sent by you or is that Homestar? They say you have to reply in this time. It more has to do with if three people call them and then suddenly they've made a decision or if we take too long, sometimes it'll just go away on Homestars where we've lost that opportunity. We haven't paid for it other than you know the monthly or yearly amount that we pay. So we get that. We get more people just like, hey, I went to your 
Homestar's review. And then we ended up, you know, they'll send me a, like a, a message through Homestar's or call me directly because every single person I talk to, we have a drop down when I'm going through our CRM, the, the system that helps us, you know, put together our estimates and keep track of the jobs. I ask every single person how they heard about us because you could be the best company in the world. If you don't have work coming in the door, it doesn't matter. And you, if, Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't know where that work's coming, if I start finding out home stores is just the wrong place to be or everything is coming from the lawn signs or coming from people seeing our wraps on our, on our trailers, then why am I wasting my money there? You, have to, you always have to be sort of malleable to where you're spending those ad dollars, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So how much of your business, you know, or how many of the people that go through your CRM, which ultimately becomes your business, how many of those are coming from Homestars? Again, I'd have to look at that. Roughly. I mean, yeah, I couldn't pull these numbers out on the fly either, but. So 50%, I would say come from referrals, even maybe a little more 50 to 60%. Wow. That's high. 50%. And I'd say probably about 20% off Homestars. The, the challenge when you ask people, the biggest challenge, because people have to tell me, if they go to our website to request an estimate, they have to say how they heard about it. When you talk to people, how'd you hear about us? Well, they found us on Google, but then they went to Homestars and read some reviews. Yeah. <laughs> and then they went to my website and they talked to somebody. So how did they really hear about us? Like, they don't remember how they heard about us. They've got family and kids and Facebook and hockey practice and all that sort of thing. So say how they heard. They don't really know. They're just checking off the box. Sometimes when I talk to them, some people will know exactly. Like I saw you in Homestars, I read your reviews, and I know you're there. So that's a big chunk of people that have heard from us from that. And one of the winners, obviously, we've, we've got that thing saying, number one, best of 2017, best of 2018. That means something to people, right? Absolutely. Huge, huge social proof, trust building element. I'm guessing they give you some kind of icon that you display on your website. Exactly. And we put those stickers on all our trucks and trailers, you know, their handouts to give, all that sort of thing. It's on our website. It's one of the first things you see on our website as well. You'll see we wrote an article for Homestars. Like I saw somebody had an article on there. I'm like, well, why didn't, why aren't we being interviewed for this? Called them up. I said, let me do an, an article. But that's to me just sort of being a squeaky wheel, right? That's it. Yeah. Sometimes you, well, I shouldn't say sometimes, but you do have to be that squeaky wheel and squeaky wheel does get the grease. I've gotten a ton of business and gotten where I am by being the squeaky wheel sometimes. Yeah. And just prove to them like, Hey, you should be interviewing for us. We're experts in our field. So, and this is before we were home winner. This is when we were still trying to convince them to give us an award outside of Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. Just being out there don't be afraid to be, or don't be shy is what I'm saying here. You know, reach out to these people. If you want to get exposure on some type of platform, you will get shot down a lot. I will say that, but sooner or later you'll have a win and then your next win will come a little bit easier and then you'll have another win. So it, it all keeps building on itself momentum. And there's a real thin line between confidence and cockiness. And I've tripped over that line in the past and even now, but you know, if you talk to people with real passion about what you do, I'm really passionate about my company that I own and the companies that I have owned. And then people don't feel like they're being sold and they don't feel like you're being a jerk about, hey, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. I'm like, we really think we're one of the top guys out there and we think you should be talking to us and interviewing us and be confident in what you do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That makes a huge difference. And people will pick it up. You know, a lot of these kind of outlets like Home Stars, they're looking for stuff to post out there. And if you can kind of pitch them on it, you will get some exposure, which ultimately translates into more business for you. So it's pretty good stuff. And what's the hook with your business? 
you, you need a reason like pe- people's eyeballs are being pulled in so many directions. What makes you exciting? We're a family company and we do things and come with that hook to the person that you want to interview you. Yeah, absolutely. Come with a hook, you know, and pull it all together from there. Reach out, go with a hook. That would kind of be it. I've done it. We've gotten, well, you know, it helps SEO, search engine optimization, besides from the exposure. So I used to do a lot of this. And yeah, you just basically have to look for these opportunities and take advantage of them and be persistent. Squeaky wheel does get the grease. It doesn't hurt as well that in some of the interviews, I, I have my brother Ryan Reynolds be the person getting interviewed. So, you know, the Ryan Reynolds name... <laughs> Although it's not the real Ryan Reynolds has not heard. And, you know, those are just little tricks. Subconscious trick there. People are like, oh, Ryan Reynolds gets interviews for home Reynolds Brothers Exteriors. Is that the Ryan Reynolds? Brings him over to look at it. Okay, it's the guy's not as good looking as, and as entertaining, but they've come over. They've it got some attention. Home. Yeah. And that's just one of those little interesting things, you know. I, I remember back in the day I heard about this person with a movie who they had Cisco and Ebert review their movie. It was somebody he found in the phone book named Siskel and Ebert, uh, who weren't the actual real people. It, it's I wouldn't do it. It's a little bit of a shady thing, but it was very interesting to hear somebody doing that to come up with a not the real person's name to do that. So <laughs> semi shady, nifty, but it kind of worked. Yeah. So what this is always a popular topic? What CRM are you using to send out your quotes and manage the business? Is it a big name one or? I don't know how big a name. It took us a while to find that company. We worked with a company called Service Fusion, and they've been a really great company to work with. They're specific to contractors. So Service Fusion is the CRM. Mm-hmm. And so it's specific to contractors. I think it's a little more specific to people that have reoccurring business. So let's say somebody who's going back to doing the management of a building and they continue to have to go back and, and do that. But with us, it's really clean for the client. It allows us to leave notes. It allows us to do our scheduling. And it's, it's helped us grow our business. Uh, we've only been with them a little while, but we've tried a couple of the other CRMs. And it's been what we needed. And I don't think we're even using the full breadth of what they can offer us right now. I think there's other, other items. And in the off, I wouldn't say off-season, the slower season of the winter, we're going to try to explore that a little bit further and see what else we can utilize. You know, automatic text messages when our when our installers are going to be there saying we're five minutes away, that type of thing to really over-communicate with the homeowner. Yeah, I haven't heard of this one, but I've pulled it up on my screen. It certainly looks nifty, robust. And I will say that at the price points, they're advertising from $99 a month to $349, with, oh, $349 a month basically includes everything can't tell if that's per user or per company. It looks like it's unlimited users. Per company, the whole company. Yeah, so 349 it looks like a pretty robust setup. Might be worth checking out if you're listening to this and looking for field service management software. What do you folks use? We're using KickServe. It's a program we've been using since 2012. I'm pretty happy with it. There's a few things that I think we could Im- or should be improved on the software or things that I'd like to see in an alternate software, but it's a pretty good one. Some of the others out there that have my attention are Jobber and Housecall Pro. Service Titan is another good one I know that's got a lot of features in it. It's quite pricey though. I think it's 250 to 350. Last time I looked at it, maybe a year ago, it was 250 to 350 per month per user. So that can really add up quickly, but it might be worth it. You know, uh, at my company, switching CRMs for some of the minuscule things we'd like 
it hasn't really been an option for us just because it's so hard. You really have to be, well, you have to have conviction to the switch to keep everybody on board and keep everything rolling smoothly when you switch. So at the moment, you know, there's no, or we haven't found anything that really kind of shines a bright enough, bright enough light at the end of the tunnel to make the jump. But Service Fusion looks like a interesting one. One day I'd like to kind of spend some time and check them all out and maybe do a full write-up or blog or something on them. Because there's a lot out there and that space has really, uh, really changed rapidly. It took a lot of time for us to find them. We went through a few different people to find something that was a right fit for us. So, and the thing with us is we have people working remotely. I'm actually in the Toronto, Toronto uh, today. I'm not actually at the office. So I can still work remotely. I don't have to look at paperwork. The paperwork is on my phone. It's got a, a great app for the field worker, for the installer to be able to use so they can see exactly each note and that mistake where the wrong color or they forget to add the downpipe or something like that happens. Hopefully that can alleviate a lot of those problems. How is it, let me ask on the sales side of things, does it track closing rate pretty well? And does it break that down by job category? I feel like, and for anybody out there listening, maybe it'll be Kickserve that's actually listening to this episode, but I feel like the sales side is kind of lacking. Like I don't really have any good reports or easy reports that I can go to that really show how the sales side of my company is going. We kind of have to generate those and do some little tricks in Excel to really get that information out of there. How do you feel about that in Service Fusion? So what I'll say is they just came up with something on October 31st, which is this new sort of homepage item. They're going to try to charge for that, but it really gives you a lot of really great visuals where you can see, you know, pie charts of your sales and how many estimates came in, all that sort of thing. And that to me is really attractive. I think that just to see that and which, you know, are we getting most of our jobs here? You can actually see an actual map to see that. And so that to me, I think is going to be very invaluable for our company. So yeah, it looks like they got something either just released or on the horizon. So certainly worth a check out. Uh, we're starting to run out of time here. So we've got to wrap up. So one thing I want to ask you, Sean, you've been at this now for 10 years. If we could go back in time to Reynolds Brothers Exteriors day one, 10 years in the past, and you know, you know what you know now, what would you do differently? I think, you know, having a process to hire people, I think that's really important. The way we we got that was to talk to our aluminum supplier. I've got this great guy, Marty over at KCAN, who really helped us grow our business and he helped us uh, really solidify our process. So hiring process, utilizing the people around us. See the guy who provides our aluminum. These people have a vested interest in our company. Well, this guy had a ton of experience. If we had relied on him a little bit more and asked him and brought him out for coffee or lunch, that kind of thing, because he's been so helpful. And if we could have tapped into that earlier, we could have leapfrogged some of the challenges we had to begin with. So I'd say that'd be the biggest two items I'd want to be looking at. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Sean, is there any way that you know people can connect with you if they want to find you after listening to the show? Sure. They can look me up on Twitter. It's uh, Sean, S-H-A-W-N underscore Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S on Twitter. They can always look me up on our website. We're ReynoldsBros.ca. So Reynolds and then B-R-O-S dot C-A. And they can just email me right there, uh, Sean at ReynoldsBros.ca. If they ever want to chat with me, I'm always willing to lend an ear. I, you know, just from a lot of the podcasts I've done, I've consulted with a lot of people around the world, surprisingly, there's people in Australia and people in Norway that are, have great companies like yours and ours that are looking to actually leapfrog some of those issues. So 
been great to talk to people and sort of impart some of the wisdom from mistakes and successes I've had along the way. Absolutely. All right. So I'll put a link to all those stuff in the show note. Sean, man, thanks for coming on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. All righty. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of the Home Pro Success Podcast. Connect with us and join our collaborative Facebook group at homeprosuccess.com.